welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello, and welcome back, everyone. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. Hi. Hi. hi <laughs> that's hi, our hi. that's our tagline. Just hi. We don't have a tagline. It's fine. <laughs> that's it. Um, you should know our voices by now. I feel like it's so yeah, the the fact that we always have to say who we are, I'm like, can't you just tell that we're different? <laughs> We have to introduce ourselves, Sarah, because we are professional podcasters. We, have to we are. Name. Although, am I? Because apparently I use literally too much. <laughs> it's so. funny. I was going to make a joke about that and be like, Sarah, you literally, I don't, I didn't know what I was going to say, but yeah, <laughs> apparently people think that Sarah say literally too much. I don't know. They can uh, fuck it off. I don't get it. I really just don't care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, um, let's get into some opening exercises, shall we? I have some announcements to make. So, what are um, our announcements, Sister Katie? Oh God, ew! I just got like the shiver. <laughs> All right, so we have some new patrons to shout out. Woo! All right, I'm just gonna go down the list here. We have Tim. Hi, Tim. Thanks Hi, for joining Tim. <laughs> We have. Um, Madison, who, who Madison joined us in Outer Darkness. So, oh, hey, Madison. Madison, we sent you a, we sent you your personal video. So if you haven't seen it, check your inbox because it's just for you. Some mad dance moves in that video. <laughs> oh my god! Ow. Our dancing is so bad. Um, next up, we have Ginny. Hi, Ginny. Cute name. Love Ginny. it. Ginny. Such a cute name. Sorry, I feel bad for Tim. I didn't say your name is cute or Madison, but you guys also have cute names. So. <laughs> yes. Uh, next up is Julie. Hi, Julie. Julie. I, I mentioned was going to say something, but never mind. Oh, <laughs> you were going to say <laughs> I um I believe Julie, she and I have already bonded over our love of dogs. She also has an Australian Shepherd, so Aww, yeah. that's so cute. Special place in my heart. Uh, next up we have Grace. Hi Grace, thanks for joining us. What a lovely name, Grace. Grace, I know. And then last but not least, Kylie. Hi Kylie, welcome. Kylie. Oh my God, it's such a group of great names. I mean, all of our patrons have amazing names, but right, yeah. Wow. Well, how lovely. Yeah, we love all of our patrons. We actually just recorded a Patreon episode, so go check that out. It's Patreon.com/slash/NotSoMollyMormon if you guys are interested. But thank you all so very much. Yes, thank you. We love you guys so much and are so appreciative of your support. And speaking of patrons, ah, we have a patron as a very special guest today. Special guest, Noah. Hi, Noah. Noah. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> We're so thrilled to have Noah on. Uh, Noah has been a patron for quite a while and just has an incredible story to share and interesting topics that we can all discuss. So, Noah, I guess I'm going to use a very Mormon phrase and say, I'm going to turn the time over to you. <laughs> Wait, I just have to say one thing before. So, Noah, oh. they are part of our Outer Darkness party. So, yes. thank you. And yeah. super thank excited you. to hear your story. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Okay, that's all. Just wanted to <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank you, Sister Katie. Yet. Thank you, Sister Sarah. Oh, <laughs> 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 we were in a cult, oh, you guys. That's crazy. Oh, we <laughs> yeah um thank you i'm so excited to be here. I'm, I'm so happy to be a patron uh i i consider it part of my ex-mormon missionary work supporting uh, oh. i love that actually <laughs> i haven't heard that before and that, that makes me very happy <laughs> they say if, they say if you're body. truly converted to the lord you'll have you have a desire to share the the gospel and i have a desire to share the gospel of ex-mormonness <gasps> yes <laughs> so amazing please tell me you're going to talk about your missionary experience i'm assuming you won't mention. <laughs> Just oh, I went on a mission to New Jersey. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Um. I think I think uh, that you were gonna go more into that in one of the mini episodes. Yes. Yeah. So I'll briefly talk about that here, but I think we'll go more in depth depth than that, as uh, yeah. Katie is already talking about. Totally sharing yeah. a longer version of that on a mini sode but yeah I did serve a mission I did grow up in the church I'm from Southern California both my parents were converts um and went to BYU oh I, boy <gasps> I when I when were you there because we might have been there at the same time I was <gasps> just gonna ask you that okay so I was there from 2006 to 2008. Then I went back 2010 to 2012. No, 2009 to 2012. Okay. We, we, we briefly overlapped because, I yeah, I was there 2009. Then I went on my mission and then came back uh, in 2011 through 2014. I was out of the country for a lot of that. I could only stay in Utah for so long and ended up leaving every year. <laughs> Where did you go? So my background is uh, in languages. I got my undergrad and my master's in French. Ooh. Um, the Lord was not inspired to send me to a French-speaking mission. <laughs> um, but I, I have continued learn languages. Oh, yeah, well... There's there's a Haitian population there, but oh yeah, fair enough, yeah. Um, no, but I'm still in languages now. I, I I I've I've learned Spanish and Japanese, and I run a um oh. a free English program for low income adult immigrants in the Bronx. I'm in New York City right now. Amazing. Oh, yeah. I thought I couldn't love you more, but I do. That is so <laughs> yeah. incredible. Wow. So I've been I've been working in that field, the kind of low income adult immigrant second language education for about four or five years. Started doing that work in Paris. I'm hoping to get into a PhD program. So. How exciting! Where in the states or outside? Probably in the states um, or Canada. Canada has some really good linguistic programs. Oh my God, come to Germany and you can <laughs> add German to your list. It's definitely an option. I've been hanging out with a lot of Austrian expats lately, so. I'm just saying it's free, free education here. <laughs> I'll put it on my list. I'll put it on my list of applications. That's incredible. So you're in New York City now. I'm in New York City. I've been here. This is the, the scene of my leaving the church. I've been here for three and a half years, moved in. January of 2018. Yeah. Okay. 
-hmm. One of my first excursions outside the church was in New York City. It's the den of sin. Yeah, I have very <laughs> fond memories. The first time I ever tried weed was in Central Park. Just oh, yes. out there. Yeah, yeah. It's everywhere. It's the it's the perfume of the city at this point. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Since I it's love legalized, it they, everyone's selling it openly on every corner. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you guys might have. So you guys overlapped at BYU though. That's we did. Cool. Yeah. Wow, it did and I was taking like language classes too, so I wonder if we had. Any... We might have been crossing the halls. Yeah, ah! like in the in lab, the humanities like... building, and the Joseph F. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, we probably were in the same classes, and I was like, I wonder if he could be my EC. I don't know, oh maybe. <laughs> oh. EC, I, I got the heebie-jeebie. <laughs> I know. I also just feel so much validation of like I was just incapable of looking at another woman without wondering if I'm gonna marry them. <laughs> right. It's because that's what's hammered into you, right? Like, is that the one? Is that the one? That the one? If non-Mormons knew how many discussions I had with my male roommates about getting married at 20 and 21 and 22. <laughs> And how much of a failure I felt graduating without getting married. Isn't that so funny? Because to the rest of the world, 21, everyone's partying or hooking up, not even thinking remotely about marriage. But in the Mormon culture, it's like, oh, you're not married by 22. What is wrong? I remember, yeah. I remember doing the math of like, okay, so this many, there's this many women at the school. This many of them <laughs> are married. This many of them. And I'm like, oh, man, the numbers aren't as good as I think. I got to really... I love that you did the math. That sounds like I something I would do. Get like a spreadsheet out. And be like, All right. Yeah. Let's, let's uh, you have your like directories of the people so you can see the. Oh, yeah. Uh, don't don't worry. I did eventually get married. OK. Yes. Uh, yes. I think if you want to tell us about that, we'd love to hear about it. That's a good place of any to start. I I I I mean. You know, just kind of an overview of, of I was very in the church, um, but always felt a little bit of an outsider looking in, uh, even while I was, I was in, never felt like I quite fit in. But I I was pretty extreme. I, I had a lot of sp spiritual experiences. You know, mm -hmm. I was I was not one of those people who are like, what does the spirit feel like? I felt like I knew. I feel like I had had many distinct revelations when I was a kid. Um, I, I had, I, I think around like 12 or 13, my brother kind of ran away from home as my mom kind of kicked him out for not wanting to be a member and yeah. for maybe looking at porn or other types of stuff. Mm. And that that really tore us up. But what it also did is it kind of put me at a crossroads of... Uh -huh okay, am I just going to kind of fall away like the rest of my, like my dad and like my brother who had already left the church? Um, oh, so they left before you. Yeah, so my brother ran away. My dad left when I was around two, but mm -hmm. to his credit, he's always, you know, I, I look back now and I was like, I'm, I'm very surprised that he never once said a negative thing about the church to me. Wow. And sometimes wow. I was like, you could have maybe tried to pull me up. But also I realized like that would have just, 
I would have I would have chosen the church over my dad. If, yeah. If yeah. You know. So, you know, he, he helped pay for my mission. He went to my baptism. He went to all my events. Um, but, no, he, he left the church when I was about two. Um, and then my mom went through, you know, she's several other marriages. She's on her fourth right now. So mm-hmm. kind of a very turbulent childhood. Yeah. Um, and a very kind of controlling childhood that kind of mimicked a lot of the control systems of the church itself. And so I feel like I was well primed, especially with my personality and some of my anxiety issues, to really dive headfirst. Yeah. Into into that kind of authoritarian system of the church, mm-hmm. which is what mm-hmm. I did around you know twelve, thirteen. Uh, wow. So you started okay. Yeah. I started really young, um, and it was unhealthy. You know, I would be on my knees for two hours a day I would be falling asleep with the Book of Mormon on my my chest I would be going on walks and just like praying for hours on end basically just kind of in a very traumatic environment Mm -hmm. trying to unfortunately putting a religious lens on through all of the trauma right yeah which I'm sure was a coping mechanism at the time, but definitely has had long-lasting ramifications. Sure, yeah. Um, you know, that plays into why my mission story is so heartbreaking. You know, we'll get into it in a mini-episode for those who care, but basically, long story short, you know, I did go on my mission. Um, I I made it 13 months before I became so suicidal that I had to come home because... Mm-hmm. I I just exhausted every ounce of energy I had to it, and, yeah. and none of what the church was teaching me was adding up yeah. to help me through that experience. Um, so kind of, you know, one kind of traumatic hop skip to another, um, with the church being at the center of all these kind of big breakdowns throughout my childhood, and mm-hmm. definitely being... You know, the church was definitely at reinforcing kind of my mom's strict kind of black and white thinking, her, you know, chasing right. my brother out of the house, me, you know, being very inflexible in my mission and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I did come out of that wanting to really rebuild uh, my I look back on it now, and, and maybe you can relate, because I think a lot of people at this point would start questioning, like, well, none of this is adding up. And mm-hmm. for me, for some reason, that just was never an option. Mm. It was yep. never an option for the church not to work. Yeah. Um, Same. I completely... Sorry to interrupt. No, please. Yeah. I completely felt the same way. Like it was never it was never even a consideration or a possibility that the church wasn't true for me. Like I did not see my life going anywhere else other than in the church. And even when I would have doubts or I would think like this doesn't really sit right with me, it, it didn't mean that that wasn't going to still be my path in life. Like it, it was never oh, I'm having these doubts, but maybe I'll leave. It wasn't until I read the CES letter that I was just like, mm-hmm. how 
how can I not leave after this? And it was so difficult because you just think like, I want to keep going on the path because this is my future. But then how? Like, how is it possible to do that when you have this information now? Yeah. And for me, it was when you had those doubts, it was like something was wrong with me, with myself. And I needed to repent or work on, quote unquote, like fixing myself in order to align with this path instead of considering that maybe the church was actually totally fake. I mean, of course, I came to that conclusion eventually. But like when you're in it and that's your path you guys I still believe it did you know (laughs) I might be on the wrong podcast (laughs) maybe maybe (laughs) no but yeah I totally get what you're saying that it's like yeah what what other option is there where do you go when you leave the church right (laughs) definitely the you know the answer was always something wrong with me I developed an, an, an obsessive compulsive level of trying to fix myself and 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 that a lot of that stemmed with me and my experiences with masturbation and with pornography at like bef- you know in prepubescent times before I even knew that the church had an opinion on that oh yeah yeah and and I you know I started those behaviors before I knew what they were before mm-hmm. I knew that the church had an opinion on it and then I quickly realized the church has a very strong opinion on this and it's too late and I'm going to hell. Uh, uh. And that definitely colored a lot of that kind of obsessive compulsive, like, well, anytime I felt like a guilt or a doubt, it was very easy for my mind to go back and say, well, you're, you're a sinner. Yeah. 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 I relate to that so hard. I think exactly like masturbation at a young age before you realize it's it's the church is so adamant against it and just, you know, you're a horrible person. You're, disgusting that's what I always felt after I would I would feel this like shame and disgust for like a week where I just felt like I was worthless and like how can I not be righteous and you know everyone else is able to do it so what is wrong with me like why am I such a failure and then also that thing where it's like you shouldn't repent for the same sin more than once you know and I was like well, shit, oh. I'm and every day over here like <laughs> You know? Yeah. I I very much know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I very much know. Noah, sorry, this is off topic, but you have the best laugh. <laughs> you have the best laugh, and I'm just sitting here thinking, like, your voice is so soothing. Like, I feel like I'm talking to my therapist. Like, I'm just like, can I I'm tell so you everything, right Noah? Now. I'm, I'm blushing for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no but I I, talk more (laughs) I definitely developed some severe mental illnesses because of that um that I I I I don't want to go so strong as to say it's all the church's fault Mm. or even it's all my mother's fault or it's all this and that and the other you know I I know it's complicated and I know that there are people in my same situation who had very different outcomes Mm -hmm. but I would have, by the time I was at BYU, I would have daily panic attacks, all kind of centered vaguely around the concept of sex and the ambiguity around sex and my own Mm. sexual nature and my own sexual orientation. And that, you know, there's some days where I would leave my house and then I would show up at school 20 minutes later and I don't know how I got there. Oh, Oh, wow. 
because I would be in these kind of like anxiety and depression black holes. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And I guess yeah. it was made a lot worse because you felt like you, you couldn't talk to anyone about any of this. I was very lucky that at BYU there was a therapist who was an ex-bishop and, you know, I don't, I don't know what his personal thing, you know, he had like a ponytail. <laughs> so I, I just thought <laughs> about him already. But, He's the cool guy. <laughs> but he, he, he very much introduced the concept to the, of me that like, hey, you can actually do something about this. And he was very quick to say like, don't, don't repent. Don't, don't go talk to a bishop. Like, you're fine. Just, Wow. That, that's, I was very lucky to have wow. a, a couple Mormon therapists in my life who maybe they could have been more overt, but who put my health above the church. Oh, that's amazing. You don't yeah. do that much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's just kind of to give a guy kind of a background of like when you're so tied into this kind of cycle of guilt and shame and the, 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 the answer's never, you know, this kind of checking of the answer's never, I can leave. The answer's, how do I survive this better? Oh, right. You know, and and I'm sure there's a lot of people who relate to that. Yeah, definitely. It's, the church, the church is, I'm, I'm not going to say the church necessarily creates mental illness, but it definitely is an environment for them to thrive. And oh, them. I agree. Totally. Yeah. Can I just pull an Oprah moment here and have you repeat that line again? Yeah, I I, I do think that the church ex, exploits vulnerable people yeah. and exploits obsessive checking guilty thinking. Yep. Yep. I think this is kind of a little bit what we were trying to get into a bit later if it's kind of like black and white. Mm-hmm thinking and you can only be happy under these certain conditions. Yep. Um, and that's the way they want it. It's intentional. Mm-hmm. Whether whether the indiv- at the individual level they're aware of it or not, I, I'm not going to necessarily say the individual people are bad, but the system is set up that way. Oh, totally. Yeah, I totally agree that the system is set up. And, and I know that a lot of different members will try to find nuance or yeah. <laughs> try to find ways to, to find gray areas. But the system is set up very black and white. And yeah. yes, it's very much controlled like that. Yeah. Isn't that part of like the um, well, obviously, we know it's a cult, but um, the bite method, doesn't it say something about that? Katie, you've educated me on this like four um, times. I know, I know they have in that, in the bite model, it's, they have, yeah, very like black and white or even us versus them thinking yeah. where mm-hmm. it, you're in the in group and this is the good safe zone and what we tell you is right and good. This is the way. And then the other way is the bad way. So there really is no room for like the nuance that people really I've noticed that some progressive Mormons like to attempt. Oh, <laughs> it's just not wow. in the way of the church. It's not in the doctrine or how it's set up. Yeah. I would love to talk about that. Let me maybe rush through my exit of the church because I would really like to get back to that. Cool. That nuance, the kind of black and white thinking and progressive Mormons, which I, I thought I was one at the time. <laughs> you know um, how I feel about those progressive Mormons. <laughs> I, I feel very similarly to you. um and so in in 2016 I was back in Paris for 
you know, the seventh time. And I was doing my master's degree and I met a woman. I'll keep details about her to a minimum. Um, but we started dating. She was uh, American. She was a member. I was definitely much more, you know, I had been kind of looking back now, you know, definitely finding, working my way towards the outskirts of the church in retrospect, but I was still intensely a part of the church mm-hmm. at that time. Um, we started dating uh, and it, it was definitely not the best relationship of my life. It, it was, it ended up being an incredibly toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I will be very careful about not putting the blame on any one person of, yeah. in that situation. Um, church didn't help with that, but you know, I to to kind of summarize what I often say to people is instead of breaking up, we got married. Oh yeah, yep, because that would save it, right? Or yeah, that's what what you think. (laughs) Yeah, and also it's like I've been waiting for twenty over odd years to get married, and my life won't start until I get married and it kind of I guess in the back of my mind felt like a last China chance Uh, yeah Sarah and I I were just talking about this Noah like we literally were just saying that you're taught yeah your life doesn't really begin what you were supposed to be doing as a Mormon doesn't really begin until you get married Uh, for sure yeah we just recorded um the episode, the the Patreon episode, which since you're not a darkness, you will listen to it, I'm sure. <laughs> um, just of me talking about my recent engagement and and the difference between how my perspective was as a Mormon on the idea of weddings and engagement and like becoming engaged versus how it is like when I actually am engaged as a non-Mormon, as an ex-Mormon. Yeah. The differences in mentality and how, yeah, you you go into it in a really healthy mindset and compared to just, yeah, all right, well, I, I might not have another chance, so let's just get married or the, or the spirit told me, or, you know, like mm. from a woman's point of view, I'm not going to be able to go to the celestial kingdom unless I have a priesthood holder take me. So I better say yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yep. Anyways, back to your maybe. Yeah, back to your story. <laughs> but, to, but to also put that in another way, like, again, I don't want to put this all in the church because it's not that simple. You know, we also got married for lots of different kind of twisted reasons, but it's def- there was definitely this idea of if you have someone in front of you who's willing to get married, how do you not take that? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so, so true and so sad. Oh, my God. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, to say no to that would be insane in, in kind of Mormon unconscious logic. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So basically, kind of running away from a lot of our problems, running away from some abusive people, we, I used the last of my savings, we, after a brief stint in Utah that made us miserable, we decided to move to New York City, we eloped, got married, uh, got a new apartment, got a job all in the same couple weeks. Wow, what a change. What? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't get married in the temple, thank goodness. Uh, um even had like a bishop kind of say like maybe don't 
Maybe oh, he the tempo. I he kind okay. of like he kind of called us like 24 hours later, and, he, and that was kind of his message. Like, just maybe, maybe, maybe don't. And I don't know why. I don't know if it was out of compassion or out of he didn't think we were worthy and didn't want to say it. But interesting. <laughs> wow. Huh. <laughs> well, we eloped, and you know, uh, basically, um, it was a very dark time. We were not happy. We were not good to each other. We were not good for each other. Um, there was a lot of stress. And two months later, after we got married, she came to me and said, I think I might be bisexual. Hmm. I said, great. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you're finding out about yourself. Um, mm-hmm. A month later, she said, I think I might be gay. I said, hmm. great. I I uh, 100% support you. Um, and intellectually I meant it but I don't want to sound like too good of a person because I realized very quickly that emotionally there was a huge disconnect between how I felt and those words oh but that's okay I do just have to commend you though for having that self-awareness and for talking about it yeah and on this podcast because I guarantee you everyone's going to listen and be like Yep, I relate to that on so many levels, but most mm-hmm. people won't actually admit that or talk mm-hmm. about it openly or vulnerably and on a podcast. So, thank yeah, you. yeah, it, I mean, it, it's a big part. It, it is the reason why I left um, it, it, because basically and, and to her credit, she would be like, this hurts. Like I can see like when she would go and I go on a date, like we we're still kind of living together. We still hadn't decided what to do. Um, if we're even going to separate because it's just, you know, those are difficult decisions. Right. Um, but if she would like drink coffee or if she would do anything against the church, I would, I would just have these irrational, just like anxious and angry responses. Right. Or just un, un, unaccepting responses. And I was like, this, there's such a huge disconnect and I couldn't get over it. And I, I did a lot of prayer and I did a lot of, and, and, you know, this is where it's a little tricky because now I don't believe in a God, at least nothing that can be, uh, fit through an, uh, a human ego. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, you know, I definitely felt like God was saying like, you could, yeah, let her be herself. And, and every step of the way, like God was, and, and the culmination of all of this was, I remember we found like this Mormon blog of, I can't remember the name, so I might get a lot of the details wrong, but of this family where the man had come out as gay, like several years prior, and he, it kind of made the, the Mormon rounds in the Mormon blogosphere because he decided like, well, no, but I'm Mormon and I choose my wife and I choose my children and I choose the church and I'm going to stay married and, and make it work. Mm. I remember this. Yeah. You do. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what we found was his follow up to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember did. that too. Yeah. You do. So okay. Mm-hmm. So where basically he said I was wrong. Yep. I was wrong. This is not doable. And there was a line in there where you know he kind of was like, look, not everybody's gonna find love in this life for whatever reason. If that's and it's and, and you know this is my aside. That's not love is not necessarily the, the end all be all of, of humanity of, of life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That 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 doesn't have to be part of what you want out of life. Right. But right. he said, you know, there's a difference between never falling in love and never having 
the hope to fall in love. Oh, my God. That makes me want to cry. Ooh, that's a powerful sentence right there. Oh, wow. And when I read that, when I tell you, again, these aren't terms I, I identify with anymore, but this is the only way I have to, to explain the experience. I felt the spirit. Mm-hmm. I felt an flooding of light through my body, and I knew of oh, this is true. Yeah. And it, I kind of looked and at my ex, and and she felt I could tell that she also was like feeling something, or at least that was my perspective of it. And I was like, can we pray? Kind of. This mm-hmm. sounds so nerdy now, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, we get it. We've been we've been in that situation. <laughs> well, not that exact one, but you know. And and it was like a beautiful prayer, and we like held hands and prayed, and and. And it was in that prayer that I kind of felt that God officially saying, yeah, the church is wrong. This is cruel. Mm-hmm. The church's stance on, on homosexuality and LGBTQ. And and, and, and I, I was able to look through her eyes of what it would look like to sit on a pew for the rest of her life. Never having hope to find love. Oh, my God. And in that moment, I felt God say, you know, give me permission to leave, give me permission to feel that this was the right choice. And then I kind of felt him disappear mm. from the universe. Oh, my God, that's so interesting. And I wish that was like the storybook ending. It wasn't, you know, she, <laughs> I, I, she had a long journey we ended up staying and she ended up living with me for a lot longer until she could take care of herself until she could get back on her feet that put a big strain on us Mm -hmm. um I also want to say for the record I don't know what her sexual orientation or identity is I don't know what her gender identity is right now I do know that has continued to evolve so I'm Mm -hmm. not saying that she is one thing or another that's that's Mm -hmm. her business yeah yeah um but that was how I left the church And I stopped going. And up until that point, just for the record, for all those people who preemptively say I wasn't doing this or that, up until that day, I was reading the Book of Mormon every single day for the past 15 years. I was praying morning and night every single day for the past 15 years. I had gone to church every single day, every single Sunday for the past 15 years. And then I stopped. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it wasn't like how we get accused of a lot of, uh, yeah, you just didn't try. You were lazy. You didn't put in the, yeah, you didn't put in the effort. You never really believed. And it is clear to me, Noah, that you believed, you believed more than I did. And you tried much harder than I did and struggled with, with that for a long time. So yeah, anyone who's like, oh yeah, Noah never really tried. It's like, (laughs) Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> you don't know. Finally, yeah. fuck off. This utter bullshit. Like I, that. Finally, fuck off. It, it, <laughs> it's not the case at all. You know. Yeah. Um. Obviously, you put in a lot of effort, and it. And again, we've we've said this so many times, but it's not an easy decision to make. Even if no. you you get this amazing, like for you, it was a very special experience where you felt peace and calm, and you know, I've also had that feeling before. And it, you feel like, okay, right, that's that's the, the decision I want to make. But it still doesn't make the actual decision process of, like, the action behind it easier. You still got to wake up the next day and go, right, I'm actively choosing to leave the church. So what do I do? This yeah. is difficult. 
Yeah, I, I, I want to kind of go against the narrative sometimes that like leaving the church will make you happier. I, no, it's tough. That's not necessarily true. No, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't leave the church, you know, I, I realize that my story is a little bit different. I didn't read the CS letter. I didn't leave the church because I found out about all of its bullshit. You know, I, I was aware of it. And, you know, while I was at BYU, I ran a, an alternative student newspaper called the Student Review that was kind of like anti-BYU newspaper. I'd always been kind of on the fringes. You know, I, I worked with people who were in the in the Orgain Women movement. And oh, interesting. so I, I've always kind of been on the fringes, but I, I also never participated in those movements because I was too scared of them. Yeah. So I don't want to say I was... I wish I could say I was like pro-ordained women, but I wasn't. Yeah, um, me either. I was like, oh, can't believe they're wearing pants at church. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> what a scandal. <laughs> but no, it doesn't necessarily get easier. And, you know, each each step, like each time, the fir- my first cup of coffee, my first alcohol drink, al- alcoholic drink, my first, you know, time having sex like, was preceded by months of anxiety and panic attacks and 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 it's still hard every day yes yes mm-hmm. it's still hard every day so I don't want you know but I will say that the church is no longer actively making it harder mm-hmm. exactly I couldn't agree with you more and, and we've talked about this before like when when we both left the church that was a dark year for me that first year it was it was exhilarating in terms of like I felt liberated I was making decisions for myself but I was confused. I felt extreme range of emotion from, oh, this is exhilarating to instant guilt and shame and feeling like maybe I'm making the wrong decision, blah, blah, blah. It, it definitely wasn't just this, I'm leaving the church so that I can, you know, go out and sin and have fun and be happy and, and then come back. It was like, okay, I'm making this decision and it's hard. Like yeah. this yeah. Was emotionally exhausting and draining and my mental health was I mean, I definitely relied on therapy and Katie and friends to just <laughs> validate that what I was going through was normal. It was fine. And it would get better once I've, you know, got got some of that brainwashing out of my head and that toxic way of thinking. Um, yeah. But like you said, it's still it's a day to day thing. It's it's not overnight or within a few years, you're just back to normal. I think for anyone who's been in a cult like we have, it's it's a lot to unpack and it's probably going to be lifetime. And, and the irony being, you know, the, the more you were sincere about it, mm-hmm. the longer lasting its effects are going to yeah. be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And leaving the church, like you said, it's not a magic cure. Like nobody's life is perfect and nobody's happy all the time. And I think the difference that I've enjoyed, at least from the circle that we've, we've kind of had here with our community is that, we don't lie and say, oh, yeah, leave Mormonism. Everything's so fantastic <laughs> afterwards. The church will tell you that if you stay in the church or join their church, all your problems go away. And, you know, it's yeah. like, well, we got to be honest that you're still going to have problems, but we can help you. Some, If we can help you, we'll try, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Even if it's just listening, validating, like there were so many times when, you know, Katie and I would start talking on on the show or we'd have guests on or we get, you know, these amazing stories sent in where I was like, shit, I'm not the only one. Like yep. here I was thinking it was just me that was feeling this. Even when you're talking about masturbation, Noah, like it's still like validating to know I wasn't yeah. the only one going through that and feeling yeah. that shame. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. yeah definitely. And, but there, I, I, I do think it's worth pointing out, you know, some of the positives because, you know, I, I, for some reason I would always have these like, okay, I've been out of a year now. I should be good now. Or, okay, it's been two years. I've been out now, so mm-hmm. I should be good. Right. <laughs> I don't know why I fix these kind of like arbitrary milestones. Like this is how long it will take me to heal. But, <laughs> but, you know, I, we were, we were talking about happiness and, and the church does say, like, you will not find happiness outside of the church. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say, I want to bear my testimony. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, I was rolling my eyes. Um, <laughs> that it's it's the opposite. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to go so far as to say you can't find happy. You know, it, it's strange. When I first left the church, it was so hard. I was like, if anyone can bear staying in the church to stay. I, I don't feel that way now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember walking down the street one day. And because by, by the end of my time in the church, I'd, I'd sacrificed so much. I'd sacrificed so much of myself. And to fit mm-hmm. within and w- within what was overtly said and what was not overtly said but what was obviously clear about how I should act and feel and I remember walking down the street one day and feeling I think maybe feeling good about a pair of pants I was wearing or just like the night sky and I remember feeling a distinct thought that I had never had which was like oh I'm allowed for this to make me happy this has nothing to do with my salvation this has nothing to do with making me a better person this has value only because it makes me happy wow I love that so much I love that you can get happiness from even if it's a small thing like you said you feel good in a new pair of pants or you're enjoying a delicious drink like you can feel happiness and joy it doesn't have to do with yeah the church's quote-unquote plan of happiness as they call it exactly (laughs) remember how they called it that that's so nuts I think a lot of it is I mean this kind of just hit me in the moment but um yeah this this idea that of course you know we already talked about that leaving the church isn't easy and it can be a dark time it can be rough but also you do experience moments of joy of happiness that aren't connected to the church in any way but I think what it is is just that once you leave the Mormon church or any type of uh, community or religion that really suppresses your feelings and your emotions it's like the first time you're feeling life like reality mm. like you're able to have emotions and and to not have to question whether or not you should validate them you know you don't have to question okay I'm feeling upset now but once I was in the church I had to push that down mm. and just mm. pretend to be happy yeah. or yeah. you know I'm supposed to be in the temple and feeling happiness and I don't oh, I gotta pretend to be oh. happy <laughs> yeah <you know. laughs> what is the <did> temple <laughs> 
<laughs> I never once felt happy in the temple. I only ever had panic attacks at the temple. Yeah, same here. So same you guys, the here. more people we talk to, the more people say that same thing. But yet everyone, when you're in the church, is saying, I feel so spiritual and happy and uplifted. And then I think almost everyone we've talked to, correct me if I'm wrong, Sarah, that has been to the temple has been like, no, I was scared. I had anxiety. I was sweating. I wanted to leave. Like, <laughs> I have panic attacks. Yeah, I mean. Oh, by, by the end, I would just convince myself, like, I'm just going to drive to the parking lot. And that, and like, like maybe, maybe, you know, 30% of the time, I couldn't even get out of my car. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Yep. Exactly. I would always fake some reason why, like in Germany, because they would like rent a bus and it'd make like a day trip out of it. And, you know, everyone had this pressure that you had to go and pay your 10 euros by a certain date so that you can contribute to the bus, which again, why the fuck was the church just not paying for that? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can I just, can I just give an aside real fast Yeah. on my yes. mission? When I found out about, I, I, I need to just be angry real fast. <laughs> on on my mission in rural New Jersey, the church had a hundred billion dollars and they limited the amount of miles we could drive. And then they started telling us that one day out of the week, we couldn't even use our car <gasps> to save money. It was a 40 minute walk on a highway to the nearest town. Oh my I God. Wow. That makes me mad oh. for you. That's so fucked. Uh. <sighs> so ridiculous like you have money you have fucking money use it and quit like pinching every nickel and dime from your members and making them feel guilty if that's the only money they have and you're making these 19 year olds walk on a highway 40 minutes when they have a car sitting right there (laughs) ew that is some greedy ass shit right there. Yeah, just picture Russell M. Nelson just sitting on his pile of coins and going, hey, do not drive your car today. I get the gas money. I, I picture him as Scrooge McDuck dying. Yes, that's what I'm picturing. I always picture him as Mr. Burns. That too. <laughs> always. He kind of looks like Mr. Burns, actually. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yikes (laughs) Jesus but yeah temples panic attack not great but yeah so just to like full circle I'm all about full circling it today I've made it yeah um yeah it's this idea I think that we are taught like in the church to just change your emotions and not Mm. know what the real meaning of happiness like I, I never I always question when I was happy like, is this actually from the Lord or is this from my own secular ways of living? You know, that's not. Well, happiness. let's be clear. You know, happiness is worldly and carnal. What you yep. need feeling is joy. Exactly. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't do anything that's of the world because that won't actually bring you real joy. There is a definite correlation between how bad you are feeling and how righteous you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, if you exactly. are feeling happy, you're not doing it right. Exactly. You, yeah, yep, summed it up. Full circle, Noah. You put it, you put it back. <laughs> Full <And>, circle. Yep. <laughs> um, so I have this, this talk I mentioned to you guys before we started 
Do you want me to just read a few quotes from it? Yes, please. <laughs> okay, so everyone, I found this general conference talk but from Glenn L. Pace. Of course, he has an L in his name because, you know, he had to have a, an initial, Glenn L. Um, and it's literally titled, you guys, They're Not Really Happy. <laughs> <laughs> We're not lying. This is what they teach. So um, he says here, when our children were younger and we would be on our way to Sunday church meetings, occasionally we would pass a car pulling a boat. My children would become silent and press their noses against the windows and ask, Dad, why can't we go water skiing today instead of to church? Sometimes I would take the easy but cowardly way out and answer, it's simple. We don't have a boat. However, on my more conscientious days, I I would muster up all the logic. I know. I would muster up all the logic and spirituality available to a patriarch of a family and try to explain how much happier Ugh. our family was because of our church activity. <laughs> what? I first realized I wasn't getting through when on a subsequent Sunday we saw a family laughing and excited as they loaded their snow skis onto their car. One of my teenage sons said with a sly grin, they're not really happy, huh, dad? That statement has become a family joke whenever we see someone doing something we cannot do. When I see a teenager driving a beautiful, expensive sports car, I say to my sons, now there's one miserable guy. They look happy and free, but don't mistake celestial pleasure for celestial happiness and joy. Don't mistake lack of self-control for freedom. Complete freedom without appropriate restraint makes us slaves to our appetites. Don't envy a lesser and lower life. Like he literally just says here, freedom without restraint. What what are they not restraining? Are they just like fucking? (laughs) (laughs) And it's like the best part is because this is about like laughing, happy families going boating or skiing. And he's like, they're not really happy. They can't control exactly. themselves. What what yeah. part of this is is like out of control? Right. Like how are they? That everything seems perfectly fine to me. Oh man. So then he tells a story about when he was a teenager, and it's really stupid. So I'm gonna skip it. But um, it says, for those of you who are inching your way closer and closer to that great and spacious building. Oh God, remember that. Let let me make it completely clear that the people in that building have absolutely nothing to offer except instant short-term gratification inescapably connected to long-term sorrow and suffering. The commandments you observe were not given by a dispassionate God to prevent you from having fun, but by a loving Father in heaven who wants you to be happy while you are living on this earth as well as in the hereafter. Can I just say, this is, like, the same argument for, like, anti-vaxxers of, like, sure, sure, it saves you from the coronavirus now, but in 10 years, there's going to be long-term suffering. (laughs) That connection is so good. (laughs) And there's, like, no proof of it either. They're just like, just trust us. You're going to suffer later. Just you're going to suffer later because celestial Jesus, we've been praying for this virus to go away. And then he gave us something and we were like, no, no, we no, need no, to no. pray about it again. Cause we know that there's side effects. He's just <laughs> teasing y'all. Um, okay. So he says here, 
Compare the blessings of living the word of wisdom to those available to you if you choose to party with those in the great and spacious building. Compare the joy of intelligent humor to wit and wit to drunken, silly, crude, loud laughter. (laughs) Compare our faithful young women who still have a blush in their cheeks with those who, having long lost their blush, try to persuade you to join them in their loss. Wait, hold on. Do, when women have sex, do they lose their blush? I don't. That's what it sounds like he's trying to say here. Which like, is actually so stupid because when women have sex. In my experience, sex, it's actually the opposite. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I definitely blush in those moments. Yeah, I mean, ginger, like you get hey, flustered you have ginger too. Yeah, gingers blush, as we know. <laughs> oh, I know. Blonde blush with some good D as well. So. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we get here. Katie. <laughs> I'm like, we're moving on. Moving um, on, Sarah. <laughs> I know how much I know how much you like thrills, adventure, and excitement. Do you want excitement? I'll give you excitement. Do you realize you are outnumbered in the world a thousand to one? The sons of Helaman didn't even face those odds. As the winds of popular opinion and testify and the mocking increases from those who are trying to justify their own unrighteous actions, you, you will be required to put on the full armor of God. You will need to fight with all your strength to keep unspotted from the world. We plead with you to stay true, not for us, but for you. So, can, uh, can I just point out that unspotted from the world only means in sex? It's all it means. Yeah. Right. All right. It. Yeah. It, yeah. it doesn't mean any other sin. It just means sex. Yeah. It's like yeah. <laughs> Stay in this church. Don't do anything sexual that we don't allow you to do. Ugh. Anyway, the rest of it is just kind of rambly and repetitive. But I just thought those. Um, what those, uh, what he was saying about, look at those people in that boat. Don't they just, they're not really happy. That laughing, smiling family going skiing, not really happy. What will make you happy and give you joy is going to church for three hours and bored to tears. And never (laughs) losing your blush. Yeah, never losing your blush. I just don't understand how you can give a talk where you're essentially saying, I abuse my family. Yeah, right? And not be aware of it. Yeah, it's so tone deaf. It's like, yeah, I don't want my my family. I'm scaring my family and not letting them have fun activities. Yeah. Sorry. I I, I almost vomited when he called himself the patriarch. Yeah, that's that's definitely a trigger for me, too. Like. Oh my God! So we <laughs> all just sit there like I I'm in shell shock, honestly. Yeah, and so I guess that's just to to point out our our point here. They call their plan of salvation also the plan of happiness, and you need to follow it in order to have joy. And you can't do anything that the outside world does because that's just gonna make you so miserable. And it's funny because I look at like some of my more intensely Mormon like family members and I know that they see me that way which is kind of interesting because I'm definitely now that I'm out of the church for over 10 years I've kind of restored some stability and I yeah my blush is back you know and I feel happy but they probably look at me and be like oh she's just probably so miserable she's not really happy (laughs) we get told that all the time on Instagram don't we Sarah like you guys are so sad and bitter (laughs) 
every time that's the argument is that we're just why can't you just leave the church and leave it alone and it's like well because exactly this reason a lot of people are going through similar situations as us and we would love to help out in any way we can because you just yeah it's this inexperience that like you were talking about Noah you don't just leave and instantly get happiness you know it's or you know maybe you do but oftentimes it's you go through a lot of shit and a lot of roller coaster and a lot of emotions and yeah let, let's deconstruct that argument because they're they're really they're really trying to, if we argue on their terms it's a losing battle because yeah they're what they're saying is either you know either you're happy in the church or you're happy out of the church and and i've never found happiness in the church if someone does you know great you have a very specific personality yeah and and i'm i wouldn't i don't want you to be unhappy but being outside of the church doesn't mean you're going to automatically be happy either. It's yeah. life is life. Like, don't <laughs> life don't put it on life. this binary where you have to either be happy or not. Like, right. Mm-hmm. That's it, more of that, that black and white thinking like we were talking about. It's yeah. either this or that. And you're either with us or you're against us type of thing. <laughs> I also had a thought listening to that, that, and this is something I've been thinking of more lately as well. Um, where was Jesus in that talk? <gasps> oh. <laughs> He's so rarely in talks. I mean, I think maybe, I guess I don't know. They they bring him up occasionally. But yeah, he was nowhere in that talk. Nowhere. There, there's no, and, and this is something that I would have had a big problem with if someone said what I'm about to say while I was a member of the church. So I get it. If there's someone for some reason listening to this who still believes in the church, welcome. But <laughs> but but also I but also I get it and yeah. you know I you know they say like you know you know they did the Jesus is on every other page of the Book of Mormon and and here it says we all talk about Christ it's in the name of our church what do you mean I'm not a Christian and if I I just I just want to say like if the word church and prophet and Jesus are interchangeable you don't believe in any of them oh yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Doing an Oprah moment. Repeat that line. Do it again. <laughs> if, if 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 you can if you if when you say I believe in the church, you can switch in I believe in Jesus, and they're interchangeable and they don't mean different things to you. You you should question that. Yeah. Because you're gonna. The, I mean, and the church should really differentiate between that because with more and more with the CES letter and with these podcasts and with the church is, it's really, there's more evidence than ever that the church is corrupt, that the church mm-hmm. is manipulative, that church is gaslighting, the church has a very troubled history. And if, if that is equal to, if the church and God are equal, and, and I, I can hear, I can hear the commenter saying <laughs> the church is perfect, the people are not. No, the church is not perfect. Jesus no. is perfect. Jesus is perfect. The church was never meant to be perfect. The church is meant to be a tool to get you through this life. The church was never meant to be perfect. And if you think your church is perfect, you're saying the church is God. Yep. That's totally, that's it. Mm -hmm. So the next time you say the church is perfect, that's that's blasphemous. Mm -hmm. Because the church is ran and organized and everything by people. Like, the church was invented by a person, Joseph Smith, 
and they claim that it's it's perfect it's like um yeah but yeah so you're claiming e- even if everything mormons say is true even if even if it's all true the church isn't perfect and it, it was mm-hmm. never meant to be yeah I mean, even the Book of Mormon says, hey, this book is not perfect. There's a lot of mistakes in here. <laughs> but then they call it the most perfect book in the world. <laughs> Shit, my mind is blown right now. I'm just taking this all in. That's why I'm being quiet. I'm like. <laughs> I'm excited to say some of this back to some of our trolls. Because basically every every post we get, the people aren't perfect, but the church is. It's like, do you mean Jesus? Do you equate your church with Jesus? Are you trying to be blasphemous right now? <laughs> oh my God, this is so good. Uh, but I, I mean, I, so I, I do identify as non-binary. That, that was a big part of my. I don't know. I can't tell you exactly what that means, but I mean, I can. But that's a whole other conversation. But it, it, it's definitely led me to question a lot of other, just naturally held. You know, everywhere we look everything is situated in either or us or them mm-hmm. the church is either all correct or all not and it just there's no happiness to be found in that kind of thinking mm-hmm. yeah yeah there's I think when you just say all of column A is right and all of column B is wrong or there's only the two columns which like they can't especially in like Mormonism a lot of it is just either this or that one or the other and you're put into a little box and yeah how are you supposed to actually find yourself or find what actually makes you happy when you're just told it's one way or the other. That's it. (laughs) Many of my anxiety attacks stopped when I didn't have to try to force myself into one of two boxes. That's amazing. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. I know. That's why I get, I, um, as we all know, I have a gigantic problem with the proclamation to the family. And I think majorly, I just have a problem with all of it, but one of the main problems is that binary thinking. It's like you are a man or you are a woman and you have, if you're a woman, you have to be married to a man. If you're a man, you have to be married to a woman and then you have to have kids and you have to have these roles. And it's like, well, you're this or that. It's and, like, you know and, what? And, I'm, no. and I'm not, I'm not a yeah. man and I'm not a woman. And they don't even validate your existence, which is. I fun. remember sitting in seminary and, and, you know, I, I, uh, I, 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 you know, looking back now, there's a lot of part of myself I repressed. I repressed a lot of being around men. While I was a member of the church, I, I obsessively avoided men after a certain point because it became so triggering, both mm-hmm. in terms of my potential sexual orientation, but also my gender. Also, just I just didn't feel like I fit in. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting in seminary, early morning seminary, um, and them going over like the, the characteristics of men and I just remember and I, I, I want to preface this by saying I was not aware enough I I was raised as a man and, and led through the church as a man and was taught to be sexist I was mm-hmm. taught as women are as well and yeah and I didn't see a lot of how the church's teachings could hurt women as I've now seen them listening to podcasts like yours and and also just opening my eyes a bit more mm-hmm. but so so you know I want to acknowledge 
my privilege in this moment, but I remember sitting in seminary and hearing that women are nurturing and women are spiritually attuned and men are this and that and feeling like, I feel really nurturing. Yeah. I feel really yeah. spiritually attuned. I, I identify with everything you're saying about women and I don't, I don't want those other things. I don't want to be the provider of my family. I remember yeah. a woman at BYU, uh, you know, someone my age, telling me that I was a bad Mormon because I was studying French. What? Because, because how could I ever provide for a family with a oh, Jesus. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, that's, I feel like we've all heard shit like that. And, like, I didn't you hear, Sarah, too, as a woman it's like you should probably just be studying um what's that degree called yes (laughs) yeah definitely I was I was told so many times that I should never want to pursue a career I should want to just you know be a wife and a mother and that I couldn't have both and I was always like that was a huge internal struggle for me because I was like I I want both and I don't feel like it's about like I don't yeah and and also just being you know people would tease and be like oh you're so butch and I was like but I like that part of me like that's me too and that doesn't mean you know that I'm not as righteous or whatever role you want me to be in or identified as in this a b column like I'm me yeah I am like and then for for you Noah look at where your studies have have taken you and what you were telling us about all your work and all this amazing stuff you're doing and it shouldn't have had to have been a goal of I need to provide for a woman and that's why I'm doing this it's like you wanted to do that for you and something that made you feel good but yeah no and that Mormon and and maybe I won't date a woman or maybe I won't date at all Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe sexuality and, 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 and romance are not an important part of my life. Right. Exactly. And Bin- that's binary fine. is not just, non-binary doesn't mean just putting things on a spectrum. It means taking the straight line out of the equation and making it a cloud. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. A big fluffy cloud that we a all big bounce. fluffy cloud. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds so much more comfortable anyway. It <laughs> does. And it's not permanent. And, you know, I, I would... You know, I, I a big part of my work during the pandemic, my personal work, has been just learning how to listen to my voice first before I listen to someone else's voice. Uh, yes. How many gems have you dropped this episode? <laughs> Literally, I'm just thinking that. Like, I... I feel like again, I'm on, I'm listening to a podcast in my bath right now where I like pause it and rewind it and yeah. soak it in again. Where I'm like, <laughs> let me listen to that one more time because this is. Amazing. You can thank the church for this. I was a, I was a Sunday school teacher for ten years. After. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will thank the Mormon Church for that, I suppose. But <laughs> that is it. Nothing. Uh, well, I love that though, and I hate that we're we're over the hour time because I feel like we could keep going and going um yeah. but episode, follow-up episode we can do another one to uh 
finish the circle come full circle <laughs> we'll we'll, ha- we'll have to keep coming we'll have to finish the circle yes definitely because we need more gems i need more quotes i'm that basic bitch who will go back after this episode listen to it and write down your quotes and be like this is my motto for today that's the right thing i know i've we've i mean we've been fans of yours noah ever since we knew that you listened and you've been supporting us but i know you have many more fans now that you've listened (laughs) <laughs> I'm I am big fans of of yours as as well. Aww. I I get a lot of uh, I get a lot of joy of just getting my daily dose of you can go fuck right off energy. <laughs> you know you can kindly fuck right off. <laughs> yeah. All right. I well, love I your guess... I love your chattiness. I love your swearing. Oh, love thank, thank you. <laughs> I can't wait um, to like eventually meet up with all the Patreons one day. Yeah. It's gonna be amazing. I'm so excited. It'll be the best party I've ever been to. I know that for sure. <laughs> well, okay, I guess we'll wrap up finally, Noah. But seriously, thank you so much for taking the time to be on with us today and for being vulnerable and again for all your amazing insight. We really appreciate you. Yeah, thank sure. you for having me. It's it's been a real pleasure and you know if i think just to to as we wrap up i there is a real joy in being able to talk to people who understand and i i would like to cultivate more of a community i i am in new york city i imagine there's a lot of other people you know i i am trying to gather more people who want to have more of a community that maybe they lost um yeah while members of the church. I have a meetup called New York Ex-Mormon Social and Support Group. Um, Repeat that one more time because people yeah, need to hear that. New York Ex-Mormon Social and Support Group. It's still getting off the ground. Um, even if you don't live in, live in New York City, you can connect and we could talk and maybe do Zoom things. Um, but especially if you do and you want to meet in person or, you know, COVID willing. Um, but I, I just want to have a place where people, because I remember when I was leaving and I left right about the same time, I feel like a new wave of people left and trying to find just people online I could talk to when I couldn't. Yeah. And then I check in a year later and there's like five podcasts like yours of people who are just going through the same thing at the same time as me. And it just, <laughs> and so I, I want to have resources for people, you know, whether you're still in the church or not, but people who want to have community and talk about a little bit more of non-binary thinking, a little bit more less black and white. Totally. Where can they find that? Where can they join? The meetup.com uh, okay. website or app. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. We'll definitely have to put that in the show notes because yeah. that's that's incredible that you're doing that. I mean, just just your everyday work is already so admirable and amazing for what you do with languages and resources and having, um, you know, working with low income areas and it's incredible. And then you have this community as well, where you're actively reaching out to support people. Cause we all know how it was to leave the church and to know yeah. that there's a resource out there to know that there's someone who wants to listen and who gets it. That's the other yep. thing. It's not just yep. about listening, but who gets it, who mm-hmm. it's just so, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's necessary. <laughs> so if you're in New York, if you're not, just just join. I think that's an incredible community you have, Noah, and I uh, appreciate you letting us know about it and being so vulnerable in this episode. Oh, it's a pleasure. 
All right. All right well, I, I have all the skills now. I know. I'm so happy. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to y'all next week. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.